Right, next we're going to talk to Janus Ullefier again, a lawyer here at Van Verden Duffy, once again regarding the whole issue of the force majeure uh, principle that might excuse a party from performing in terms of an agreement. And specifically today, we're going to look at the question as to whether a buyer of a fixed property can maybe use force majeure as an excuse not to pay uh, the purchase price in terms of the agreement, in other words, not to perform in terms of the contract of sale. Um, as we discussed um, on one of the previous programs here on Waterberg Stereo, Janus, uh, what briefly is force majeure? I think we should maybe um, first answer that question again. Is it the same as an act of uh, a God or is it something else? Yeah, thank you, Focus. So, a uh, force majeure, like we said during our previous discussion, it translates as a superior force or greater force, then, um, which will be an unforeseen force that makes it impossible to perform in terms of a contract. And um, we touched on our previous discussion that it isn't necessarily an act of God, although the most prominent examples is an act of God, like, for example, an earthquake or a volcano. Um, but it can very well be civil unrest, uh, protests um, as well. Um, so that is, in essence, what a force majeure is. And then most contracts will then have a specific clause that deals with the process that has to be followed in the event where a force majeure event then occurs, as explained in the contract, and it will dictate then what the parties will have to do. If the contract doesn't have a force majeure clause, then obviously the common law principle of supervening impossibility can also be invoked um, to excuse the party's performance in terms of the contract. Okay, and then I see there's a Rumdor Cape case that uh, you mentioned that we can maybe have a look at to see whether there's some sort of guide, uh, guidance that the courts give us in this regard. So uh, maybe firstly, what are the facts in this case? What happened there? Yeah, Volker, that's um, Rundal Cape versus the South African National Roads Agency, or then Sandral. It's a 2014-2015 um, decision, wherein Rundal Cape was a joint venture between two civil engineering companies. They contracted with Sandral to uh, renovate a certain intersection uh, on the N2 close to Durban. Now, this construction site was very close to uh, informal settlements that were in economically underprived um, circumstances. And these communities then put a lot of pressure on Randall Cape then to use them as the labor for this specific project. And unfortunately, the protests uh, became a bit violent, like they are unfortunately nowadays, um, with cars being set alight and all in all just being uh, a danger to the labor force of Ramdul Cape that they were using at that moment. And at the end of the day, they approached the court for order to um, specifically declare that these protests are force majeure um, and that they may either be excused from rendering performance in terms of this contract if the court does find the protest to constitute a force majeure or that Sandra must pay them an additional amount per month so that they can increase the security. Okay, interesting. Uh, and, and what did the court find? Uh, were they successful with that argument? Yeah, for, interestingly enough, uh, the court didn't find uh, in, in, in Ramdel Cape's favour. They said that the protest did not constitute a force majeure. And even though uh, the protests were described as a force majeure event under the terms of the agreement, the agreement also specifically had a clause 
which said that um, Rondell Cape must use reasonable efforts, uh, sorry, uh, to keep the site and the works clear of any unnecessary uh, obstructions. So firstly, the court said they didn't really take all the, the, the necessary steps and the reasonable steps that they could have. And then they haven't satisfied the court that they are really uh, prevented from, from rendering performance. So it's not impossible, it's just a bit difficult for them. Um, so the court said in, in, under these circumstances, the protest uh, wasn't a force majeure as, as prescribed in the contract. Okay. And yeah, in terms of a buyer of fixed uh, property, as we mentioned initially, um, do you think this case sort of gives us an idea what a court would find um, if any matter would go to court in respect of the current COVID-19 lockdown? Can a purchaser of a property now use that as an excuse that there's actually a force majeure in the form of the lockdown, which uh, can be used by him as an excuse for not performing, not paying the purchase price in terms of a contract of sale? Now, Volker, what's very clear from this case is the court is going to look at the wording of this contract. Like we said, um, or like we've seen in the in the Rundle Cape case, uh, um, strikes and, and protest was mentioned as a force majeure, but the court didn't only look at the force majeure clause, it looked at the whole contract. And that's going to be the exact same with every case that you bring before the court. Um, if you want to decide whether or not you're going to be able, um, able to rely on the force majeure clause, you're going to have to look at what the contract um, specifies, what the contract declares or describes as a force majeure clause, and then you're going to have to make a factual finding as to whether or not your circumstances of your particular matter meets what is described in the contract. Um, you know, the question as whether purchasers can use force majeure, yes, they can, once again, if they meet the requirements of the contract. Although, in my experience, um, I've hardly ever seen sale and purchase agreements that caters for a, first majeure, a force majeure clause, rather. Um, um, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I also haven't seen that in, uh, in uh, your normal uh, contract of sale of land. Yeah, So, I think in most cases, there wouldn't be a clause um, yeah, the purchaser won't be able to rely on that. And then I guess the next question is whether, uh, yeah, there's any common law um, right that he could use, uh, you know, to to once again rely on force majeure. Yeah, well, that's where we spoke of the supervening impossibility being the common law principle that one can rely on if the contract doesn't specifically have a force majeure clause. But once again, economic hardship, as I was about to say, that isn't really a ground for, for um, being impossible for you to perform. It's just going to be difficult. But unfortunately, there's case law to that extent where if it's economically going to be hard for you to perform, that's, that's sort of your bad luck. You, you are still bound by the contract. Obviously, if the force majeure, which is a specific clause in the agreement, does cater for that then yes, you would be able to rely on it. But like we said, uh, it's going to be highly unlikely that that the purchase agreement caters for the event where you don't have money. And there's there's other ways to cater for that. For example, um, conditions that you can that you can add into the contract. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. I guess the message for any purchaser or any seller or any estate agent who might be involved with the transaction of this nature at the moment is that. It will not be that easy to uh, get out of an agreement as a purchaser, but obviously one uh, would uh, once again have to look at the specific agreement to see whether there's a force majeure clause. So uh, if you're on a, 
position where you uh, don't want to proceed with a transaction as a purchaser, we would certainly suggest that you go and consult your lawyer so that he has a look at the specific agreement and uh, advises you accordingly. Thank you, Giannis.